This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome to American Muslim Project. I'm Asad Butt. American Muslim Project is a podcast where we share the contributions Muslims are making to American life. In each episode, we elevate unique Muslim voices that are shaping this American experience. My guest today is Salma Arastu. Salma is a contemporary artist who uses her artistic voice to break down barriers to promote peace and understanding. Born in India, Salma was raised Hindu and converted to Islam when she met her husband. After graduating from art school, Salma lived and worked in Iran and Kuwait, where she was exposed to Islamic arts and Arabic calligraphy. Salma moved to the States in the 1980s, first to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, before settling down in Berkeley, California. As a visual artist, she's had almost 40 solo shows nationally and internationally and has won several awards. Salma says she is deeply inspired by the imagery, sculpture, and writings of her Indian heritage and Islamic spirituality. She is probably most well known for using Islamic calligraphy in non-traditional ways in her paintings. We began our conversation talking about her life in Iran and its influence on her art. In Iran, I was exposed to this beautiful Arabic calligraphy all around me. And, you know, like, it was just amazing seeing this beautiful line, you know, moving and it has so much meaning and it is saying something. So that really mesmerized me. And um, being an artist, I was drawn towards a line. Line has been my, you know, main um, source of storytelling. I loved starting my drawings and then do the painting. So this line was so beautiful and rhythmic and melodious that I started copying it, simply copying it. I went to the Museum of uh, Iran as a volunteer. I worked there for two years when I was there. And I used to sit in the rooms and just copy this uh, calligraphy. And I never tried to read and understand that, time, obviously. But gradually, by you know, intention to learn what these words are saying, you know, gradually it increased. And I started reading Quran when we went to Kuwait. And somehow this uh, calligraphy was sitting in my heart. And I have pages and pages and pages where I practiced this calligraphy. So um, when I came to Kuwait, there I got into a group of women who would uh, read Quran together. So I tried to learn Quran with them and I started reading Arabic letters. Then I could make a sense of the letters in calligraphy. So it has been very, very gradual. And when we came to USA in 86, I was, uh, of course, doing abstract paintings and I continued doing that. But I knew that I have to do something different. I have to go to my roots. I have to bring out something from within my heart in my work. I have to do something which God has asked me to create. I didn't know what. And I was going through that search and started doing calligraphy designs, you know, since I could understand now. So I was making small, small designs and I used them for greeting cards. That's something I did in the beginning. I could use them as greeting cards and then uh, 
it went very successful. That was basically to earn some money, to sure. make some bread and butter, you know. Yeah. But suddenly 9-11 happened. Well, that's where, you know, I realized that I really felt the call from within me that I have to do something important, something I have to bring the positive from Quran to the main world. So that's where I started doing large calligraphy paintings. And these are, as I told you, my practice has been, you know, just copying the calligraphy and then using it in my own way, decorative way. But now I was just free. I was using my line to do this calligraphy. And these were large paintings, 72 inches wide. Wow. And uh, yeah, they're all 80 inches, 72 inches wide. And I was bringing out the hope and the unity and the friendship and the you know beauty of quran the verses which has which have taught me which have helped me because i have found peace in quran you know i feel quran is my guide so that's what i felt and then i wanted to bring that love which he has given me i wanted to spread that out in the world so with that intention i started these paintings and they were just flowing in fluid and i don't know i have done more than 100 paintings like that wow I mean, it's just an amazing journey that you you've had. I, yeah, it, I, it has I, been a blessing. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, you've done so much in, in a wide, you know, not only the calligraphy in your art, but you also do do some metal sculptures and and, and other things. What what draws you to different materials or different um, kinds of art? So right from the beginning, you know, I used to draw and paint, and my family was very supportive. And even after marriage, my husband, my in laws, family, they have been all encouraging. So I spend a lot of time every day. I spend three, four hours at least in my studio, minimum, sometimes six hours, wow. eight hours. So, so see, imagine when I'm with, so involved in my work, in creativity. So obviously you can't use the same material all the time. You want to try different things. It has been a long journey. Yeah. <laughs> it has been a really long journey. Sure. I started somewhere in 75 oh, because wow. okay. I, I did my master's. And then I have been continuously painting, working every day. So obviously I have tried different materials, different um, expressions like mixed media and uh, installations and paintings and sculptures and poetry also. Poetry is another um, expression I have. I, I'm, I feel very blessed that uh, sometimes the words say a lot than I can say in the painting and sometimes painting says a lot than I can say in the words. So. So simply, I just see what I see and then I just uh, reflect on it and it's just coming through me. I don't plan my work, neither oh, paintings nor poetry, they just flow out. I read somewhere that, that you, and you mentioned your love of the lines of it. You start with the lines and the textures and, and then you go from there, at least when you're doing doing art, is that? Uh, yeah, that's very true. So I like textures, really um, uh, penetrating textures. So I, I use at least, 15 to 20 layers in my work you know wow. like yeah and then in between in between i do the details also in my uh, calligraphy paintings you will notice there is geometric patterns also so because in the background i'm using geometric patterns as the texture and sometimes i use pen and ink for details so in my many paintings i use pen and ink as the detail because that's like a uh, like miniature arts uh, I'm very influenced by miniature arts also. So miniature arts and folk arts, you know, they have the 
line work, you know, detail of the brush, small brush works, you know. So same, I, I, I imitated that with my pen and ink. And uh, all my work is either um, very abstract textures or geometric patterns or folk art details or miniature details like, you know, trees, each each leaf I draw with pen and ink, the flowers. So it's, a, it's, it's just an ongoing process. I don't know. The dialogue happens between the work and me. And somehow within those three, four hours I'm here, I just keep working. And the energy keeps flowing. So you wouldn't believe I don't work on one painting because uh, then I have to wait when I put the layer on it oh, until yeah, it dries. Right. So I, I move to another piece and uh, I work on that. So normally I work on at least three pieces, one on the wall, too smaller on the table <laughs> so and thank god i have a good space you know large space yeah it seems like you'll need you need a lot of lot of space to yeah, do that. yeah it's it's it's, a, it's you know last i should say since i moved to america um first few years i worked in from my garage um but then i got the studio a professional studio in pennsylvania and then we moved to california here i have a really good space so with the skylights and everything so it's a blessing you know how has your um art been received both i i would say you know american culture and also the muslim world see um in this respect i think my work is very universal in appeal i think uh and it has been my intention also that I want to reach out to all. I don't want to be called labeled as Indian, Muslim, women, you know, yeah. right from the beginning. I wanted to appeal to all, you know, because I'm universal, like I, I'm like everybody else. I'm not different. And especially I have not talked about my hand, but yes, that has been a fact in life also that I was born without fingers on my left hand. But again, that that has helped me also like that instead of that god has given me so much you know so so even this so i didn't want to be called handicapped artist or women artist or indian artist or muslim artist or sindhi artist i didn't want any of those labels on my work and i thought i want to appeal to all humanity and that's why my work is flow of humanity you know that's what i called in the beginning so somehow it has been there the continuous line and the faceless figure and the flow of humanity connecting together. So what I'm trying to say, my appeal has been more universal and I think yeah. I was directed towards that. So that one thing has helped me because I have today, I have collectors, mostly American collectors. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because Indians, unfortunately, they don't appreciate art so much, Indians and Muslims especially. Um, but now it's coming. I shouldn't say now, but earlier, you know, when I came here and all that, yeah, or even right. here. So, but now it's, I'm getting some Muslim collectors, so that's really good. But early on, you know, like it was mainly Americans and they found the peace and uh, some of the, whoever comes to my studio, they, they say they find the message of joy and peace. And that's what I've been trying to convey in my work. Sure. So, so that way it has helped me that, I have been received very well. Um, There's one good thing, my one of the Islamic scholar, Ghazala Anwar, she was here in Berkeley. And uh, when she saw my large paintings of calligraphy, 
She said, um, normally in Islamic world, if they see the classical calligraphy piece, they will lift it up and put it, put it up on the podium, you know, like somewhere high on the at home because right, it right. becomes very sacred. I agree. But she said, my work brings people close to the work. So I said, I didn't know that, but, but I'm glad that you are saying that because this is what my intention is that I want to bring people closer to Islam, closer to the message of Islam. So yeah, that's what has happened. And I'm today I'm really, I can say that there are many Muslim characters also. Yes. Yeah, and great. luckily I did not find any, um, you know, I was always afraid that Muslim people, Muslim, you know, like in general might um, not appreciate my art, but I'm feeling so blessed because my intention is very pure and only yeah. Allah knows that. So luckily for me, it has been always encouraged. So I'm blessed. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your, your metal sculptures. Um, I, I think those are probably my favorite that I've, uh, that I saw on your website. Um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of dancing imagery, um, that's influenced by, you know, human form. Uh, there's like people, you know, moving together yeah. and dancing yeah. and conversing. Can you talk about that, that, and that the inspiration that you had for, for that, those pieces? Sure. I have been doing this, uh, connected figures for many years. And uh, uh, somewhere around 2005 or 2006, um, suddenly, you know, I felt the inner need to bring them out in public art. You know how it happens, you know, it just happens. So I thought I want uh, these figures, not only in the painting form, I want to see them around me. I want to see in public places. So that was the feeling I had. The first, uh, and I wanted the linear form. I didn't want to make them very solid. I wanted this, you know, very um, moving and lyrical forms, yeah. you know. So somehow uh, I was searching for it that how this can be done. So I tried to do them in the clay, but of course you cannot do that. And uh, then somebody talked about this laser cutting. That's how I came to know somewhere around 2005, the laser cutting. So that I looked, you know, in deeply and I realized that this is where, this is the medium which can bring my uh, figures, you know, alive. Yeah. So, so these are really liked by everybody a lot. And there are two of them are large, like 10 feet tall in public places. Also one is in Pennsylvania, one is in San Diego. So, but the, but the, yeah, yeah these are very popular. Yeah. People yeah, like them, especially. Very yeah. beautiful. And, and so basically they're conveying the message of again, joy and hope and connection. We'll be right back. More with my conversation with Salma Arastu after the break. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Welcome back to American Muslim Project. My guest today is artist and author Selma Arastu. Recently, Selma released a new book featuring her art called Our Earth Embracing All Communities. In it, she explores the themes of ecology and sustainability that are found in the Quran. 
I asked her to tell us about it. This uh, global warming has been on my mind, you know, since I moved to California, especially. Yeah. Here people, are, they make, you know, back in uh, East, I didn't feel so much, frankly speaking, didn't come across so much literature and the exhibitions. But coming to California in 2006, I have become so aware and I feel so sad the way things are happening, the fires around us. You know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it has been on my mind. And uh, at the same time, I have been doing these paintings also from Quran. And I have a habit of uh, reading Quran every day, like, uh, and pick up the gems, you know. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I, I don't look for them, but suddenly these verses about ecological consciousness appeared before me. And uh, since five years, and I started collecting them. And uh, I, I have many uh, on water. There are almost 107 verses. Wow, I had no clue. Yeah, and then uh, these, uh, I picked up 40, which were about each thing, like the plants, the birds, the animals, and everything. So I picked up 40 verses and started working on them about three years back. And uh, then I applied for a grant. And uh, I received the grant also from East Bay Community Foundation. I, I made it a project. Like I want to do this project. Um, ecological consciousness from Quran. So it it happened, it went off very well. And then suddenly last year, I met a wonderful uh, scholar, Dr. Basma Abdul Ghaffar, and I asked her would she do the translations because my images were ready, but I needed somebody to describe them properly so that people can connect. The layman, you know, the layman, the, the non-Muslims can, you know, connect the paintings and the sure. Quran. So yeah. she did a beautiful job, beautiful job. So when everything was ready, I, I didn't wait for anybody and uh, any publisher because the COVID things, things were going on so chaotic. So I said, let me just do the 100 books to begin with. So I went ahead the design and published the book this year. But the best part happened that once the book was published, uh, this Dr. Basma Abdul Ghaffar, she reached out to her publishers and they loved the book. And they said, this is a beautiful book, most contemporary. And this is the need of the today, you know. And uh, yeah. so they, they have gone into publishing into large volumes of the book. That's great. And it's going to be published in Italian also. So... Uh, they have a collaborator uh, in Rome. So, yeah, the Italian version and English version is for the worldwide distribution. So it's a blessing. Of course. Um, I'm interested to know, I, I want to maybe talk a little bit about your personal life. You know, you mentioned that you converted to Islam in marriage. Can you talk about that a little bit? And what was that like for your family? And, you know, was that a difficult decision for you or... Yeah, in a sense, frankly speaking, it was difficult in the beginning. But as I told you, I was somehow I felt that God is guiding me and yes. I, he's leading me towards something. So my brother was very, very against it with whom I was living in Hyderabad. And I don't blame him. He was trying to be protective. And they, nobody knew how the, this new family would be and how they would treat me. Because unfortunately, when you enter into a new family, you know, the there's always bias opinions, you know. Yeah, sure. So in India, I, I don't deny that. So, um, but my mother was a very spiritual person. She was with me. In the sense, she's, first she really tried to discourage me. But when she saw I'm so determined, she didn't want me to walk away. So she said, my blessings are with you and then your destiny is with you. So that's what I needed. 
I knew yeah. whatever my destiny is, but at least her blessings are with me. So that made me more uh, sure that I want to do it. And uh, and frankly speaking, um, this man, my husband, was a wonderful person. And I I simply, I never knew that somebody would come forward and really, you know, so, show much love and affection towards me. So I was really determined that I want to get married to him only. And uh, but luckily for me, believe me, it all turned out more beautiful, more blessed than I it ever sounds imagined. Like it, yes, yeah, yeah. So his family was wonderful; they all accepted me. And uh, as I told you, I accepted Islam, but I didn't know anything about Islam. But everybody was kind about it, patient about it, and they never forced me to learn things immediately. So. Um, so it's all happened very smoothly for me. But yeah. no doubt I did hurt my brother a lot, no doubt about it. He was very angry, very upset with me for almost 15 years, 15, wow. 20 years. Yeah, he wouldn't talk to me. I have a lot of, I mean, we have a large family. Okay. I'm, we have 10. Now we are only four, four left. I'm the youngest of all. Okay. And I was born in India. Some of them born in Pakistan. So anyway, so when I, my other brothers, my other siblings were with me in the sense they didn't disconnect with me, you know. I mean, so at least I had them with me. My mother was with me, but I, I did hurt my brother, no doubt about it. But later on, he we came together. He came and visited me in USA. He, he loves my husband. And somehow, you know, things that's all kindness of everybody, you know, all yeah, kind-hearted people, you know. So, so it's really, really good, yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, when I look at myself, my life, that's where I, I have this keen interest that I want to bring people together because it's possible if you if you overlook certain things, you know, like the rituals and all those. We are, we are all so similar you know yeah. rather than different you know rituals are different but why why stay on the rituals all the times you know because it's more important what is within you you know that is all connected the light is within each each and every one yeah so is that the power of art as well to to bring people together or to yes yes sure i do believe in it and that's what i've been trying and uh, with my whatever little bit of success I have, I think people do feel it. And I have been able to bring this message more profoundly in my poetry also, in my work also, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were born without fingers um, in your left hand. What, what was that like for you growing up? Uh, yeah. So any, my any family age? was, no, I luckily my family was very loving. So they, you know, the best part, my siblings they used to play with me and they would take my other hand which is good and they would say i always say you have a beautiful hand you have a beautiful <laughs> hand this you you'll be an artist actually the brother who was against my marriage he's the one who encouraged me to become an artist oh that's so interesting yeah yeah he was very very encouraging and right from the beginning they said you are an artist your hand is like an artist's hand you know so so see these things very positive feedbacks i got i never at school i do remember one or two incidents i can't deny that but i never cared and uh, because there was so much love from god and love from my family and my mother you know my mother was very strong in this sense she said you are born for a special reason and you have to find out that reason so 
So somehow I was pushed towards the creativity. Yeah. You know, you have to find yourself. And I think art became the vehicle for me because, uh, as I told you, they all were encouraging that you will be an artist. So somehow I started writing, uh, like drawing from right from beginning. And that's what I remember. And school, I was encouraged. I was a very good student. So obviously my teachers were very kind to me. And then I was good. Whenever they needed any drawing, any illustration on the board, they would call me to draw. So that way, you know, somehow, and the best part, again, the best part was Indian dress. Um, as I was growing up, as I became conscious, you know, the Indian dress with the dupatta, the dupatta fell on my left side. So my hand was covered, you know, and then saris, saris also covered my hand. So nobody knew, you wouldn't believe, like, um, as I was growing up, Nobody knew about this. In fact, my my husband, um, he never knew when he met me because nobody can know it until, until and unless I tell them. So anyway, the point is, in fact, that's why I wanted to marry this man because he never knew about my hand also. Yeah. And uh, I thought he's just going over my, you know, my personality and how I look and all that. And of course, he knew I'm Hindu, but he said he doesn't care for a religion but then I had, I thought I have to tell him that what it is, you know, how I feel, why I'm so nervous about it. So I told him one day and he said, I don't care about it. So that was a wonderful answer he gave me. How does it matter to me? Yeah. So I said, wow, how come it doesn't matter to you? So he said, no, as long as uh, you are what you are, I don't care for it. Yeah. So, so that's how it happened. So I don't know. So in my case, as I tell you, somehow, though there are few incidents, but I don't think about them, you know, because sure. I always think the positive. <laughs> I'm a positive person. And, you know, like always think the there's always better side, you know, why should you think about the bad things? <laughs> I, I mean, I, just even right now, your positivity, your humanity is, it's very infectious. You know, I think that be, being around you, hearing your stories, I'm, I'm I'm feeling uplifted <laughs> as well. <laughs> like I can, I can back <laughs> <laughs> um, for sure. Um, I want to go back to calligraphy, and and I wonder if you could share with us why that's uh, a major form of um, artistic expression in Muslim and Islamic cultures. Yeah, because uh, basically we have only word. We don't have any image. We don't know how. We we, we are told. Allah is without form and shape, and I believe in it. He is just the energy, he's just the light all around us. So, so we have been given these words, and these words are our sacred words, and we want to express our uh, feelings, our emotions, everything through these words, you know. Yeah. So I think that's what calligraphy got more uh, uh, importance in the art world, but I don't think that, 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 that in Quran, there's any, any description or any uh, words which says, don't draw people or don't draw nature. No. Right, right. So, so I, I'm I totally not in thinking like that. Um, I certainly think if Allah has given you that talent to draw and paint, one should be able to do it. For sure. Um, who, who are um, artists or people that inspire you or that we should be following or, or whose work that we should get to know a little bit better? Um, from the contemporary artists, I don't know many, but I do like Shazia Sikandar. She's a Pakistani artist. Uh, 
Can you and, d- describe uh, it for us? Shazia, Shazia, Sikander. What 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 kind of art does she do? And, and she does. Um, she's actually does. Uh, she's inspired from miniature art. She has studied miniature art, but she goes beyond. She's doing huge paintings. I mean, uh, um, I just like her work, and it's like you know, she's trying to prove her identity as Muslim artist. Yeah. And uh, yes, I I like her work, but I don't. I haven't studied many Muslim artists actually, but except her. And beyond it, then I know many American artists I studied in detail earlier on, like Paul um, Paul Clay, Kandinsky. These are the earlier artists from, yes. you know. So these I have always loved, you know. And uh, I always, I think my line was very much inspired from Paul Clay work. But definitely these few artists, they come up to my mind right yeah, now. Yeah, no, that, that's mm-hmm. great. And then... What advice do you have for someone like me who has very limited artistic ability, at least in terms of drawing? Um, do you do you recommend that people um, experiment with drawing or art? Yeah, or, why not? T- 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 tell know, me what what I should be doing. Frankly speaking, just draw anything, whatever comes. Just draw. Try to draw, and uh, drawing helps you open your mind and heart also. So it's like writing. Like, like this helps, you know, thinking, um, I think for creative process, it's very interesting if you start drawing anything, if something in front of you, or maybe some doodling, some, something, and then just, just start experimenting, just start, you, it's within you, it is, it has to come out and it will only come out with practice. So, so don't get discouraged. If you really want to do it, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. That is that is great advice. Um, Sama, thank you so much for joining American Muslim Project. I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. No, thank you for this opportunity. I mean, uh, it's always good to share and uh, try to uplift others' life, you know, like yeah. whatever I have received to share that blessing. My conversation with Sama Arastu was recorded in April 2021. We'll have links to everything that we talked about and all of Sama's art in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Our show is produced and edited by Lindsay Gamble, Marcanado, and me, Asad Butt. Simon Hutchinson did our theme. Find out more at AmericanMuslimProject.com. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.